Hello friends I'm your host Sujay and I welcome you to the 21st episode of the Meet Stargazers podcast our guest today has been an amateur astronomer for more than 50 years he was a member of the Brussels Astronomy Club and also its vice president and president for 6 years he was a student at the Royal Observatory of Belgium and is an engineer in nuclear sciences today he's going to talk to us about solar observation for beginners without further ado please join me in welcoming michel de conac michel thanks for taking the time to speak to us and i'm excited to talk to you about solar observation for beginners michel what brought you to astronomy and when did you get started okay thank you thank you sujay well when i was 6 year old oh my god If I understand, you will understand. You will know my age now. Uh, my parents called me, and they asked me to hear something strange on the radio. And I heard beep 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 beep. I stopped there. It was more long. That was the first ever a satellite, an artificial satellite, was launched, and it was the Sputnik one first noise that we can hear. That was only that, just a beep beep. So that was strange for me. I was six year old, uh, but that makes something in my in my brain. And then when I was a little bit more old, uh, maybe sixteen or seventeen, I reached an, an astronomical club in my area. And this astronomical club was a mix between amateur and professional astronomers. That was very nice. That was the astronomical club of Brussels near the observatory. the royal observatory of belgium and because of that i was i had a lot of contact with professional and they called me to to make some student job in the observatory so that was really really the beginning of my uh, my career if you want as an astronomer as amateur astronomer thanks for sharing your journey with us michel you have contributed extensively to citizen science projects could you please talk to us about citizen science projects you are involved in and how our listeners could participate in them yes that's a short question but a long answer i'm sorry <laughs> for for my mind i cut the astronomy and the universe in three layers okay the first layer is atmosphere and already in the atmosphere we can make job we can make observation my my first type of observation i can do is the shooting stars to make account to make uh, observation with colors and direction and when are the the, the radiant more active that is linked with the imo the international meteor organization in parallel with that i like also to to share my observation of fireballs that's much more with the ems the american meteor society okay so those two things are meteors that i can see that everybody can see for free in the universe in this first layer then there is a second layer the second layer is our planetary system or solar system and for this one i am very active in alpo elpo which is uh, the association for lunar and planetary observers i am very active in uh, the observation of venus uranus and the moon that's one thing classical because the, those are difficult planet as mercury i like mercury too and then also asteroids and mainly the comets 
for the comets, I am already a co-responsible for the observation with, of the comet with a Carol Ergen-Rotter, which is a professional observing comets too. So that's for the second layer. And then there is a third layer. Uh, in this layer, I am more oriented to observe variable stars. Uh, so I reach also an American association, which is uh, AAVSO, so the American Association of Variable Stars Observers. And my specialty is more cataclysmic stars. And, and another variable star that I like a lot is the sun. Because the sun also, we don't know always, but the sun is a variable star. What is the sun made of? And how does the sun work? Okay, the sun is a very simple star. Very, very simple because it's composed mainly with hydrogen. And hydrogen is a very light atom. Because of the heat of the sun, the nucleus of hydrogen is only one proton, sometimes one neutron. That's it. When two such atoms are touching each other, going together to make a, a new atom, we call this new atom helium. Helium comes from Helios, which is uh, the Greek name of the sun. Okay. And so it's very easy because when you see two very simple atoms making energy, just touching each other, and to give us the, the, the possibility to, 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 to life, the, the, the life on Earth, for example, is very strange because it's so, so easy that we do not understand why we cannot do that on Earth. The fusion, the nuclear fusion, is very easy in the sun. But it's true that we need to reach a very high temperature to do that. That's a problem. Okay. And also, the sun is a dwarf star, a very small star. In fact, we don't know that because the sun is very close to us. So we think it's a great star facing the other, but no, it's not true. It's a very small star. And because the sun is a very small star, that's a very that's very good for us because a dwarf star has a great stability. Why we I say stability? Because you understand that if there is a nuclear reactor, the sun is a nuclear reactor. A nuclear reactor blow up, so the sun must be bigger and bigger. It's not the case. We see that the sun is always the same shape. Then the gravity of the sun compensates exactly the, the power of uh, ejection of the, the, the mass of the sun. And so this, this stability is very important. And if you have a, a giant star or a bigger star, the stability is not always reached. So a giant, a red giant, for example, will not live for a long time. The sun, yes. So that's good for us. How hot is the sun? There are a lot of temperature in the sun. The, the surface, we can say the surface, this is the photosphere of the sun. Okay, That's what we see when the sun is set. When the sun set, we can see this photosphere. The temperature is 6,000 Kelvin or 6,000 Celsius, if you want, degrees Celsius. But in the centrum of the, the nuclear, on the, the, the nuclear core of this reactor, we have million, million of degrees Celsius or Kelvin. That's a lot, okay? So in the centrum, it's very, very hot. That makes the, the, the reaction, the nuclear reaction easily. Then we reach the surface, the surface of the sun, 6,000, so the, more or less, okay, v, 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 much more or less. And if we go to the corona, then we reach again 1 million of Kelvin. That's very strange. We don't know exactly why. We still study that. But So the, 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 the sun is 
quite complex to understand for this sort of... Uh, to, to, un- to answer your question easily, it's not so easy. What color is the sun? Ah, the answer is very easy. All. All colors. <laughs> but, you know, the color is... Um, it's linked with the with our perception. Our eye can see from red to blue, and all the color in between: the green, the yellow, the orange, and so on. Okay. If we bring all those colors together, we have white. It's why we can see the sun is white. But if we are, if we were living around on a planet, orbiting another star, like a giant red, for example, Aldebaran, then our eye will be shifted to the red. So probably the people, if there are people living there, they can see the infrared, but they are not able to see blue. But if you put all together the color that they are able to see, they say white also. But that's only for the eye perception. Uh, If you go out of the eye perception, you know that's a very small part of of the wavelength coming from the sun. You have a lot of other colors that you cannot see, that an, an, astro- an amateur astronomer is not able to see. Gamma waves, microwaves, long waves, and so on. We can we can hear that with special material, but not with our eyes. What are solar prominences and sunspots? The surface of the sun is a very busy place. Uh, a solar prominence is something that you can see on the limb of the sun. Okay. If the solar prominence is between us and the, the surface of the sun, we call that a filament. Okay, this is a, a very bright feature that is extending outward the, the, the sun's surface. You can see loops, you can see uh, piles, you can see tower like the Eiffel Tower. That's solar prominence. The, the temperature of those prominence is also something like uh, 6,000 Kelvin, maybe a little bit more, but not, not much more. So those are seen in the corona of the sun. We, we can see them there. That The corona is out of the um, uh, photosphere of the sun. Okay. Those prominence are not fire. This is not fire. We think it's fire because it looks like fire. But this is not fire. This is always plasma ionization with electron and, and so on coming from the sun. This is making because uh, the core of the sun is turning on himself very quickly. I think if I remember the last uh, research uh, with, that we did about that, that was something like five days to make a full rotation. Or for the surface of the sun on equator, you have 25 days for a full rotation. So it's five times less rapid and on the on the pole it's a uh, 35 days to make a full turn so you see because all of that the the mechanism of the sun looks like a dynamo because there is a stator and a rotor they are turning on different speeds that makes magnetism and this magnetism is the the source of those uh, prominence so when you see a prominence you, you always can see something like a loop uh, yesterday, it was a super prominence loop. And this is sometimes very stable, sometimes not. The one of yesterday was broken after maybe two two or three hours, no more. I can only, only see the, the, the end of the prominence. And sometimes, those prominence, because the magnetism is very stable, there is no solar wind blowing that up, 
Sometimes they stay for one month, more than one week. That's also possible. So that's for prominence. So uh, you call also for uh, sunspot. So sunspot, those are dark spots on the, on the sun. You can see that very easily, very easily with a special material. The sunspots appear dark because they are cooler than the other part of the sun surface. It, it is all, only this the temperature difference that makes us thinking it is dark, but it is not really dark. Okay, maybe 500 or 600 degrees less than the rest of the sun on the pro, on the on the surface of the sun, but that that's enough to appear them dark because they are cooler than the other part of the sun. This is the main opportunity for for us amateur astronomer and you also to be able to share your observation with the scientific world. So that's something very important. You know, I, I say at the beginning that the sun is a variable star, but we don't know exactly how many times it's this variability make, nor why is this variability so stable. So we make a very simple calculation. And since Galileo, since Galileo, we look at the sun, no, that's sure, on a daily basis, looking just to count the number of spots on the surface of the sun. So it's very easy for everybody to do that. There is a formula, a little bit more complex. Uh, you have to see, I see two groups of sunspots. And in the first group, there is only one spot. In the second group, there are 10 sunspots, for example. You multiply the number of groups by 10, and you add the number of spots in all of them. So that's the number that we call the Wolf number. This is really the reflection of the solar cycle. The solar activity comes from there. We are probably four, 40, 40 amateur and professional looking at the sun on a daily basis. We share that with uh, two organizations. One is the SILSO. This is uh, coming from the observatory uh, where I'm working with them in, when I was young, or with the AVSO that we are speaking about also. Those two are collecting this information, and we put that on a database to understand how the, the, the solar is more or less active than yesterday on the, 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 the year before. Each 11 year, the sun is more active. Okay. Now we are at the beginning of the, the, cycle, the cycle number 25, since Galileo. Okay. Since Galileo, we have we add 25 cycle of 11 years. And then it's very interesting to know, as from now, the number of spots. Yesterday, I count nine spots in one group. So the, the wolf number was 19. Today, I have to see, but I think it will be more because it's a new group. So I don't know yet. And so I count that and I send that to the for me to the AVSO or the SILSO. So that, that's interesting. I think that's the, one of the main opportunities. And also, it's easy. Huh? You imagine you can do that during the daylight. Uh, you don't have to be wake up in the, in the dark. Uh, it's hot. You can see that. So that's, uh, that's something very easy to do. How to observe the sun safely? Yes, that's, that's the problem. That's really the problem. Attention, danger. There is a big danger there. This is serious. Only used to observe the sun with dedicated filters, with professional filter. Galileo, which was the first observer to observe the sun, 
just make a smoke on the glass to see the sun. So, okay, that works. But what he don't know, it was big problem that he received because of that. And at the end of this, uh, of his life, he was totally blind because of the use of uh, DIY filters made by himself. So that's his never safe. So to observe that safely, you have, from, from my point of view, you only have to cut the light of the sun before the telescope. That's the best system. There are some system in the in the, in the in the business. You can find other type of system, but I I'm not sure of them, and also people are not sure of them because the heat of the sun is coming with a lens. Imagine that the heat of the sun is very hot coming in your telescope, and focus on a single point. That's very very hot too. So I don't know a glass who can resist to this. And if you put your eye just after, it's not painful. Huh? It's really not painful. But it's in one second you, you lose your eye. So that's not a good idea to do that. So, so take care, only use professional serious filters. And it's possible in the front of your telescope. How does a solar filter work? And what is a solar filter made of? Yes, the, uh, the solar fil filter that I like is a glass filter. It's making of three different uh, characteristics. The first one you understand is to divide the, the light, the power of the light of the sun. This filter in glass divide by 100,000, if I remember, 100,000 times the, 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 the number of photons coming from the sun. So only one person, one divided by 100,000 is coming to your eye. That's one part. But there are two other parts that Galileo was not aware of. The first one is ultraviolet. You know that ultraviolet for the eye is very bad for the skin too, but for the eye, of course, also. And the third one is the infrared. Infrared is more heat. And also if infrared goes in your eye, that's very not good. So that's why this field, those filters are made because of those three characteristics together, that's very safe. There is another type of filter which is not too bad, is the filter that you can see with um, solar, Glasses, for example, which is a, a sheet of paper or of plastic, they are also good to do that if they are in good condition. And also, you can buy that to put in front of your telescope. That's also a good uh, a good solution. But that's the only solution that I that I share with uh, people. The rest for me is not serious enough. What is a hydrogen alpha filter? Yeah, that's something I don't speak about. You remember when I speak about uh, the color of the sun, we speak about that. We spoke about uh, red and infrared. At the limit, at the end part of the red color, you have something very strange happening. When the, the hydrogen uh, receives an electron back, it makes a light in one wavelength, very small one wavelength. And with this um, wavelength, you can see the, the, the hydrogen receiving its electron back, and you can see very easily the prominence that we are speaking before. That's the only wavelength where you, can, you are able to see the prominence. Okay? If you have this type of wavelength visible, this is a very good filter too, but you can only see this color this precise, precise color, which is very red, at the end of the red. So you have to have a good eye 
And this, this is very impressive because you can really see the movement of the prime minerals out of the sun and those small flames, if you want, but it's not fire, you, know? you will remember, it's not fire. Those flames are quite big. They are maybe 10 or 100 times the size of the earth. It's giant. Same if the sun is a, a, dwarf, a dwarf star. In fact, this, this filter is very special, very expensive too. You have to know that. It, this filter is working as, a, as the wing of a butterfly. When you see the wing of a butterfly, you can see different color. If you change the orientation of the wing of the, of the butterfly, you can see the color changing too. So we call that an interference filter. And this is how this filter is working because it is the only filter where you can divide the color to, to receive only one color. Can I look at the sun with binoculars? I will say no. Don't, don't do that. I know I have a friend of mine who has a, a double filter facing his uh, binocular. He put that. But one time I see during an animation, one of the two filters falling on the ground. So you imagine if someone is a kid, for example, is looking at the sun at this moment, it's very dangerous. So it's difficult to fix this filter to, um, to a binocular. So it's very difficult. And also another anecdote that I had, I was working in a, in a shop selling a material in a natural shop in France. And uh, one of the clients asked to a vendor, may I uh, use uh, the, the binocular to see the sun? And the vendor say, yes, but not like that. You, you need to wear uh, sunglasses. Imagine, once again, it's completely crazy to say that. I stop them directly. I say, oh, 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 stop, stop. No, no. Because there you have the two eyes blind. Two eyes blind in just one second. So that's very dangerous. So for me, no. Binoculars and, and sun is not friends. Are not friends. What are some great resources that have helped you in solar observation? When I was uh, at the beginning of my uh, observation uh, observation uh, career, uh, you know, I am only visual observer. So I still am only visual observer. So the first real resource that I had was people. Internet was not existing at this time. And I had two very good people who, who teach me how to observe, how to understand things. I follow astrophysical courses with, with one of them, which is Mr. Kukulenberg from, from the university, and also Roger Gons from the observatory. Of, and those two people give me really the sense to observe and to share what I do with the scientific world. And so for me, the main resource, I think, still today are still people. So if you know someone who can help you to teach you how to do that, do it. Sometimes there are small uh, activity in your area. You can see people saying, I know a lot of things. It's not true. So it's sometimes difficult to find those, those people. But that exists. Those people exist. There are a lot of very good people, same very young people also. Uh, I know a lot of them in France. They are making a lot of jobs. And they are also... Uh, able to share things uh, with people. I think that's the main thing. But out of that, it's also true that internet is a very good uh, opportunity for us to, to teach things also. But on internet, you can have also information saying that the, the Earth is flat. Uh, 
and you have also things saying that the Earth is not flat. Okay, so you have to to choose the good internet source to be sure they are good. For example, you have to heard um, the podcast of Sujai. That's a good uh, that's a good solution. But Thank they are you. Order. they are order. Thank you, Michel. Where can our listeners find you online? Well, in on, on internet. <laughs> okay, they can come here. I can I can teach them them a lot of things if they come here also. But on internet, you have uh, an internet site, uh, my internet site, which is aquarelia.com. It's very difficult to to pronounce that in English. I know. So if you want, I can spell it in an international language. So it's Alpha Quebec. Uniform Alpha Romeo Echo, Echo Lima Lima India Alpha dot com. So that's Equarelia. And on this side, you go to astronomy. I don't make only astronomy. I I am also uh, I like to to sketch. So that's one of my rules. Also, is to make to put together sketch and science. I like to do that, and that you can also see on on this side the part uh, painting. So don't hesitate to come, and I think also that you can have a lot of uh, information after this uh, podcast to to reach a lot of resources that you can have on uh, online. Thank you, Michel, for sharing with us your knowledge of solar observation, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it useful. Michel has shared with us priceless information on how to observe the sun safely. You will find useful links. and resources in the show notes if you liked this episode please consider buying me a coffee you can find a link to my buy me a coffee page at the bottom of the show notes